feel like it's been a while. I am so thankful to be here with the one and only Rita. If you look on my cell phone, you I have her registered as Rita La Chingona. <laughs> and I am here. It's It's been a while. And I'm, you're here with Yesenia Chavarria and Rita Casaverde. We're two chicas políticas. So welcome to our podcast. A little bit more about ourselves is that we're just two women involved in the political climates of San Luis Obispo County and a shout out to everyone listening in. Let us know where you're listening from. We are located in San Luis Obispo County. My hometown is Paso Robles and Rita, tell us about your hometown and uh, a bit of your background and your backyard and why politics and, and why has this podcast been so crucial to create? Yes, thank you. And I miss you a lot, Yesenia. I know you were <laughs> out in Mexico and you're going to tell us hopefully about your experience there. Um, yeah, we are in Central Coast. I live in kind of North County, I believe. Um, and I don't know, I live in an unincorporated area. I don't live in a city. So I have less representation than most people. Um, people that live in unincorporated just don't have a city council, don't have a city mayor. And so I have, I have had to find ways to um, interact with my representatives. And in that process, I found uh, that there were many decisions that were being made that I just didn't agree with and were not for my benefit or my community's benefit. So I just got involved and that's how I got involved into politics and uh, I am in different groups, leading different groups. And I think we both decided that we just had to talk about things and share them out with people based on our own experiences. Latinas um, navigating the political system here in the central coast of California. Yeah. And I think it's also important to, you know, say, I think also para Rita, Rita has taken on a full forced leadership role. And I think for us as Latinas that we've have we have to step up in those positions to have representation, yeah. authentic representation. We have to be the ones leading from the front and setting the stage because our culture is just so, you know, very particular, yeah. the way that things are stitched and how we as Latinas, Latinos, Latinx, you know, our language, our music, our family nuances, social norms, we're just so very special, right? Yeah. Which is why I think it is important for like Chicas Politicas and a podcast like this, that regardless of where you're listening, that we know that these are these are issues and experiences that we are living here in our own backyard in mm. San Luis Obispo County, but they're not limited to our county. We know that this is happening in New York. We know this is mm. happening in Washington. We know this mm. is happening in uh, Coachella. You know, yeah. we know this is happening in so many different other areas. This is not just a, a very unique experience, which is why something like a podcast like this mm. is so important. And we encourage our chicas politicas wherever you are. Yes. Uh, let us know where you're listening in, what's going on in your own backyard. I know Rita and I have talked about school board issues. We've talked about supervisors issues we're going to talk today about redistricting and such and we'd love to hear from you what are the issues happening in your own backyard and I know that Rita and I wanted to use this specific platform 
to not only create change for our own San Luis Obispo County, but to also create a space for other chicas to be able to relate or to have a space to be like, hmm, I didn't know that that was happening, right? How can I get active in my own city and my own school board? You know, I know that there's a lot of political issues happening, you know, in the last five years, right? That I think, especially for our Latinx community, it's pushed us, right, to become active. I know a lot of folks voted for the first time in the national election. I know many folks uh, are going to the extreme to run for positions, right? Uh, And I think hopefully this podcast inspires people to look at what is happening in in my city, right? What what is happening in my county? And, And hopefully this podcast also creates a space that you ask questions and feel like you do have a home to feel like I know for Rita and myself, we fight for representation because we know we don't have the representation that we need. So, you know, Rita, ¿cuál es la representación? ¿Cuál es la meta, verdad? ¿Cuál es la meta para el condado de San Luis Obispo? ¿Cuál mm-hmm. es tu meta uh, que para ti, que a ti te gustaría mirar de, de tener esa representación latina mm-hmm. en el condado de San Luis Obispo? Yeah, I think the goal is at a a minimum have fair representation, which we're going to talk about with the redistricting process today. But ideally, it would be equity, right? Equidad en nuestras comunidades donde las comunidades que no han tenido el poder históricamente tengan poder ahora y que puedan dar forma a sus propias comunidades y utilizar los recursos y manejar los budgets, de las ciudades, de los counties y tomar decisiones para sus comunidades, para el beneficio de sus comunidades. Um, hay todavía mucho trabajo por hacer. There's a lot of work to do to get there to uh, equity, um, but that would be the ideal, I think. And we have the demographics. You know, in November of 2020, we saw mm, the biggest amount of Latinos registering to vote and coming out to vote. So we have the demographics, and I think our experience is not. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, our experience is not just um of um latinas but it really it's an immigrant experience right or it even I, I i could go as far as to say that it's not just an immigrant experience but someone that is new to the political system that is just learning um and that can also apply to many women because for a lot of times just women were not part of the process were not in leadership positions it's just been a hundred years since we've started voting. And that was white women, you know, that got the right to vote. So less than that for brown women, for Asian women, for black women. So we have not been in leadership position for too long. So if you're listening to this, this is your time. Right. And we have to be in those positions, even as even if you don't know what it's going to look like, even if you don't have a path, you don't have a map on, on the route that you need to take sometimes we just we just got to do it and so if you're listening thank you for listening it means that you are interested in learning more and wherever you're listening this podcast from um thank you for doing that and like yesenia said hopefully you get involved you start asking those questions that we're asking here in this podcast in your own communities and hopefully you decide to run for office you know right and i think it is important too for everyone listening to us and maybe not familiar with the climate here in san luis obispo county 
you know, my hometown is Paso Robles, which is a very, Slow County is a very rural area, period, mm. number one. Um, it's very much farming. Yeah, it, we're right in between San Francisco and Los Angeles. So like, it couldn't be more rural than this. In right. <laughs> and maybe recently you've seen us on the national news for being one of the oh top destinations God. to visit for your vacation. Oh, I thought you were going to say other news. <laughs> We're gonna just to give the context, right? Um, I remember years back there used to be this billboard in Paso that it said darn near paradise. And I do feel Paso Robles is darn near paradise, but we are so much more than just our hospitality, our mm -hmm. vineyards, uh, wine industry, tourism. Mm -hmm. You know, there's beautiful communities here that look call this place home, right? Mm -hmm. And I know for uh Paso Robles, North County of San Luis Obispo, there is such a huge uh Latino Latinx community. You know, you know, this is why I love uh, me and Rita coming together, that our language is our power, right? And yeah. so having that uh, in the center, even of this podcast, to have it be Spanglish and important for yeah. us to, to be code switching back and forth and, yeah. and hablando en español y en inglés is to really preserve our identities mm -hmm. too. To si entiendes, us. entiendes. Si no entiendes, no entiendes. Right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think too, um, you know, give, I, I want to give a big shout out to nuestra gente because yes. uh, like Rita mentioned, I, I went to Mexico and it just yeah, how really? was it? How was your trip? It was family? it was amazing. You went to I visit think family. I went to visit right? family and friends, and it, it was my first trip since COVID. Mm. So uh, obviously, you know, COVID definitely put a, a screeching halt to so many plans. And I, I felt like, you know, I had already been vaccinated. I had been taking the precautions. I waited. Um, I was ready to to take that first international flight. Mm. And, you know, it was so amazing to be around family and friends. And I had been longing to be around mi gente mexicana and, and just having that realization that as, as Latinos, we are so embracing of people. Like yeah. it's like inviting someone like for real, like su casa, mi casa, mm -hmm. you know, like, like we, we as a culture, really embrace folks yeah right? and i actually went to the east coast um also for fourth of july and stay there for uh for two weeks and my family's in the east coast like my uh peruvian family lives there mostly i'm the only person from this family that's in california i believe like my <laughs> close family and it was the same it was just really finding this welcoming community that was like come and we'll come for breakfast and then we'll have you for lunch and someone else will have you for dinner and you know the never-ending barbecues and the never-ending get-togethers and you know gifts right and left it's just like so so different and I missed it so much I didn't realize how much I missed it right and and I think that's like our hope too with Chicas Politicas is that yeah we're talking about politics we're going to be talking about our families you know yeah. how we're sharing our trips and we're going to be uh, hablando un poquito de todo you know we'll, we'll yeah. take pauses from talking from politics to talk about you know our personal relationships with yeah. our significant others maybe mm -hmm. new things that are happening in our life and hoping to create this this space where Yes, you know, we're going to be talking about politics and hopefully people don't feel intimidated by the topic, yeah. right? Don't feel intimidated to maybe not know what is happening, but willing to learn. And hopefully, you know, we can create a space where we can 
come together and just allow opportunity to have conversations, even if the conversations may be uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that worries me the most whenever I give my opinion. I, to this day, I still worry sometimes about how my opinion comes out because like when you were mentioning, you know, that this area is such a beautiful area and it is, it's a really beautiful area to live in. And we're like on the California central coast and uh, we have all these like grapes and tourism and, you know, open spaces. And sometimes you just come and say, yeah, but all of these things are bad. And, you know, some people that have lived here for so long might not right. be seeing it that way. And they might take it. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this girl just like complains and complains. <laughs> Why can't she go back to wherever she's from? You know, and, um, but sometimes you just gotta say it, right? Because once you point it out, sometimes other people say it too. And, but there, we also highlight the, the, the good stuff. And we actually have a shout out. We have been giving a shout out in, at the beginning of every episode. And we wanna give a special shout out today to Race Matters Slow. So Race Matters Slow is a organization that was founded by black uh, people in our in our community and I want to give a special shout out to the amazing Courtney Hale uh, who's the founder of Race Matter. I believe there were other founders but I'm not sure about that don't quote me on it but Courtney is just like a, a, a powerhouse she's just like a rock star and just amazing person really funny as well I've had really big laughs with Courtney and uh, she is doing for the second year um, an art show I guess it's like an art cultural uh series and it's called belonging and it started last year and it's just a place to make sure that that black people people color color realize that there is space in this community for them and that they belong and I thought that was just like the sweetest but also most powerful thing uh, for anyone to do and Courtney started doing it last year and this is the second year and there's a big group of people behind it um, so just want to give a shout out to Race Matters and all the work that they do, not just belonging. Right, definitely. And they're selling tickets to their event. Make sure to visit them on Instagram, on Facebook, show them love, make sure you're hitting the love button on them. And I think it's also the recognition of the Afro Latinos yes. that are also part of our identity that a lot of the times, I think in um in society, I think we get labeled, right? Yeah. And I think we forget that duality does exist. Mm -hmm. And we need to also celebrate that to so also huge shout out to all the Afro Latinos out there doing magical things. So yeah, definitely. It, Latinos are not just brown people or white people or like black people. And, um, you know, is it in, like we mentioned before, it's in the intersections um, that, you know, it things can get really bad, but also there's a lot of beauty in them. So shout out to all the Black Latinos in our community. Definitely. And moving on to the hot topics, noticias. So I will admit I went on vacation, <laughs> completely disconnected, disconnected from social media. Nice. I apologize to everyone trying to get in my email box. <laughs> um, I'll definitely get back to you. And it was interesting as we're reconnecting with, with Rita that, you know, we're talking about all of these in a, things that which we'll talk a little bit more on. But I know that mental wellness is, is a huge topic. Uh, mm -hmm. And a bit more, Rita, cuéntanos. Yeah, so we want to talk about mental health today, because we, um, 
it, it just has been a topic, I think, in the news for a long time. But I really like what happened with Naomi Osaka. She's a tennis player. And I really want to read really quickly just a brief summary of who Na Naomi Osaka is. She's a Japanese professional tennis player. She has been ranked number one by the Women's Tennis Association and is the first Asian player to hold the top ranking in singles. She's a four-time Grand Slam singles champion and is the reigning champion at the U.S. Open and at the Australian Open. So just, just imagine this amazing um, Young woman. Player. She's yes, very, very young. young. Yes, and she is, uh, I believe uh, her parents are from Haiti and uh, Japan, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so mixed uh, race um, and just super strong um, at this sport and, you know, champion. And she decided a couple of weeks ago, she decided to withdraw from the French Open um, in Wimbledon uh, this year just to take care of her mental health. And, you know, when that happened, everyone was shocked. And there was, you know, like always support and also backlash and you know the haters said that she was doing it because she didn't want to answer questions but she was just trying to protect her mental health which I think it's just a really great example especially for young women you know that have that are sometimes living up to such or young people that are living to up such um, high standards and high expectations and she decided to take a pause and um, today she uh, led the torch at the Olympics Yay! Yes, so the Olympics have started, and she was the one that got the honor. And I, I don't think they could have found a better, a better representative, you know. Yes, and I think that's definitely it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. I'm sure when you are performing at that level mm -hmm. of uh, being an athlete or celebrity, mm -hmm. and I think, and, and I'll touch a little bit more on this, but it's not just limited to pe power people, right? Powerhouses, mm -hmm. but it could be, it could be a student, it can be, mm -hmm. it can be you and I, it could be anyone, like right? Mental, you know? right? Mental wellness, um, mental health is such a, it's, it's such a, and, what happened to her is just a prime example of even though we we talk about as a society that we want people to take a break and, yeah. and to take care of themselves it's like here's an example of a young woman who says I'm taking a break because I'm putting myself first and yet there's backlash right it's yeah. just a prime example of how taboo this issue yeah. is and, and an example why she needed to take a break right. in the first place it's right toxic you know culture right and and I'm sure she had a team behind her where yeah. people were saying no this is a terrible idea yeah. right you're at the peak of your career you why would you do this right yeah. like this is gonna hurt you it's not gonna yeah. help you but I think uh for the Olympics to choose her to light the to carry that torch mm -hmm. is is a prime example that you you have to speak and walking your own truth, right? Mm -hmm. Her truth was, hey, I need to take a break. Yeah. And and I think it's a beautiful connection to even you and I where, you know, uh, we, we did take a little bit of a break yeah, we from did. our podcast. We, yes, so tell did. me, tell me, Rita, ¿qué pasó? Cuéntame, ¿quieres visitar a visitar tu familia? Yes, ¿Cómo, yeah, a ¿cómo te fue? It was amazing. My brother lives there. He's just amazing, amazing person. Uh, my sister-in-law lives there with him and his kids and they in a week in a week they build a whole new room and a whole new bathroom just for me and my husband to oh, stay I love which it. is just like the, the show of how love is shared in our culture you know yes. like, like i'll freaking build you a whole yes. new room and a whole above new and beyond above and beyond 
and um, there that was just a, a small example of what they did but they were just amazing and all the family over there just showed me what I was missing a lot which was just that that affection you know those hugs and that I, I saw people there that I hadn't seen in, in years in like 10 12 oh, wow. 13 years and they were messaging me saying hey prima I found out that you're gonna be at this place I'm gonna be there <laughs> too text me when you get there and it's like what like I haven't seen you in 13 years and you have right. this excitement of seeing me you know and it my husband is he was born here in the U.S. grew up here in the U.S. he was shocked he was like where do you get all this family and why are they all so excited to see us and why is everyone making like a party every single day for us you know it was just like amazing so it was really great to have that reminder of um of our culture I think right. and I'm so happy that they still have that over there in the east coast and my husband at the end of our trip didn't want to come back he was like yeah. can we just stay here I just like it here I know <laughs> it was it was hard for me to come back too yeah. um and you know that's the thing about taking breaks and I think too with COVID is that COVID forced us to take yeah. a break but even yeah. then I I do feel like it actually made us work harder though I think, I, I think we worked people, yeah we worked people, harder yeah. and I think I know with um the magnitude of work and leadership positions Rita holds and and I hold um you know and it's and I always feel like there has to be pauses yeah. because it's not a race it's yeah. a marathon and most importantly you have I know for me I had been itching to go back to Mexico because I needed to be back with my gente. Mm -hmm. I needed to be back specifically to be around uh, my culture. Really? You knew that? I I I went there just because (laughs) that that. ended up happening. I knew that. I I knew that because to me, it's like when I'm over there, I mean, the conversations are different. You oh know, my gosh, aren't they? Yes. The the conversations are different. The food is different. I mean, it was really crazy even to me. I, I'm a true believer of elements of nature. Mm. And, you know, in California, we've been in, in such a drought. And I literally get to meet Chacan and there's like, they've been also in a drought, but they've had an abundance of rain. Mm. So to have been around just the rain and there was so much lightning yeah. and thunderstorms and just to be around that like cleansing energy yeah. so that, and, and it goes back to this young woman, right? Um, going back to the Olympics, going back to her tennis career, the fact that she took she took a break, right? I think mm. for anyone, right? You have to, as as much as you work, you have to play too. Yeah. And, and I think when you play, it leaves room for being more creative yeah. and recharging the batteries and, and ready to getting back on the field, right? Yeah. To, to make things happen. And I know for a fact that... Um, and, and I think in, in our culture, we have a tendency to not talk about mental illness, yeah. um, let alone work on mental wellness. Yeah. And, and I think part two, it's a part of the American culture too, where mm-hmm. it's just about production, work, 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 yeah. work, work. And I, I was, I was thinking before we started the episode, if, if mental health and, and the taboo that it, that it is, um, or the stigmas that there are still around it. Um, if it was just like a, if it was just like a minorities issue, but it really is just like a general right I mean it can be intensified depending on your culture Mm -hmm. um you know but it it is it is a general issue that I think we can all relate to of like not being able to talk about it or not believing it or 
I remember I had a cousin in Peru and he was suffering with depression and he was the first person that we, my entire family, like cousins and, and aunts and, and my own close family is the first person that we ever heard right. mention the word depression and everyone under, because it was the first person that, that mentioned it and I think was diagnosed with depression. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was just like, oh no, she's, he's just, he just needs to get things working or, oh, he right. just needs to get distracted. Oh, he's just going through a bad time. Mm-hmm. But no one really, and I was very little when this happened, but it wasn't until later on, maybe just 10 years ago that I realized that he was struggling and he was mm-hmm. by himself in a culture that didn't understand what was happening to him and that right. had higher expectations. He had a very um, supportive family, but, but I, I just cannot believe that, you know, I was 13 when we all heard about this first person that had mm-hmm. depression and, and yeah. no one believed it, which was so, you know. And I think too, I think, I think um, sometimes, you know, if we have work and we have a loving family or maybe we, I always say, ninguna familia es perfecta, mm-hmm. ¿verdad? Um, but sometimes we definitely downplay people's emotions, right? Yeah. And especially for men. Men men is definitely, um, Rita and I were talking a bit about this before we started recording, but, uh, you know, also for men, because it's not just women, right? Yeah. I, think, I think women, there's this idea that we are, far more emotional Mm -hmm. therefore we are allowed to to have these negative thoughts or Mm -hmm. deal with depression Mm -hmm. but even then the level of bouncing back is like high right like yeah you expectation you you can't be a bad mother right like if you if you're depressed you have to still show up for your kids you still have to show up for your job you have to be that spouse and for men it's even 10 times even even worse i would say yeah Um, it's even worse because especially for I think uh, I think as minorities Mm -hmm. there is that big taboo that men are not allowed to show emotion they're not uh, you know depression is a sign of weakness right you don't speak out about if you're if you're struggling and I do want to mention if you are struggling know there is help for you there are resources Mm -hmm. please do not wait if you are contemplating uh, suicide know that speak out I'm sure people would love to help you instead of yeah. attend your funeral you know yeah uh, these are very yeah, real we want issues you here and we want to help and there are resources in your community here in Salt County you can contact Transitions Mental Health uh, but wherever you are you can um, just google you know resources mental health in my community and you'll find um, someone to talk to I'm sure and you know even if you this happens to everyone. You're not alone if you're going through a, a bad mental health moment. You know, people that work in the mental health field, mm-hmm. people that have the resources and the tools and the knowledge still go through it. So just because it's happening to you doesn't mean that it's happen to other people. And just because things seem to be perfect and you seem to have everything, you seem to right. have all the tools and resources, it doesn't happen that it doesn't mean that it can happen to you. I was actually talking to a friend yesterday and she was telling me how uh, she knows someone that was an Oxford uh, professor uh, in psychology, and he was going through depression and anxiety right now, you know, mm-hmm. so it can happen to absolutely everyone. And you just got to know that you're not alone. Right. And I think it's far more common than what we talk about. Uh, and and I, I know for me, it's it's one of those things where it's, 
I think the more you get in tune with yourself and learning, mm-hmm. you know, the early signs of like, okay, mm-hmm. I need, I need a break or yeah. this isn't working out for me or as yeah. much as I would, I would love to continue this. It's not, it's just, it yeah. doesn't, maybe it's what I thought I wanted and it's mm-hmm. not, I turned out I had, now I have it and it's not working out. No yeah. more, right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's using, uh, resources it's and and hopefully I know for me a huge a huge part of my support system are my friends yeah where it's like we get to talk about different things and have an outlet to express ourselves and to just listen right sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need events yeah and in a culture like um American culture which is not limited to uh, people born in America, but just everyone that lives in America lives in, mm-hmm. I should say in the U.S. because America is really big, um, that lives in the U.S., at least from my experience, you are like you're saying, right? You are sometimes expected to be at a certain level of productivity and it's always going and you have to pay your taxes and you have to get a house and you have to mm-hmm. get your own car. And, and that culture can or that type of living can really sometimes take you to those paths of anxiety and depression right. and other and other um, illnesses. And, um, you know, I think it's a blessing, at least for me to have this, to come from a strong culture of family and family mm-hmm. support and, and be able to just, you know, have a support network, but not everyone has that, especially with yeah. COVID it has been really hard mm-hmm. to even find connections with your own family, you know? Right. And I think too, uh, comparison is this the it steals joy and I think too living in a social media world where you hop on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all these things and you can't help but to see people that you know you went to school with or people that you may look up to and start comparing yourself to right like oh my gosh they they already got that promotion yeah they they're they started their own business or oh my gosh they're doing this and they're doing that and Mm. I think it's 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 important to disconnect right to like what Lita did is to actually go visit family and actually interact and 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 sit down and have break bread together and actually have conversations and and you know I I never I don't feel like social media will ever fill in that actual human interaction ever yeah so I think it's also important that we take a pause from social media yeah disconnect every once in a while and you know we talk about mental health and it's not necessarily all negative like mental health is also positive you know you're taking care of mental health but also being aware of who you are and what you need and it might be a chemical imbalance it might be a you know something that you can deal with behaviorally but it just it just depends on on what on who you are and every single human is different and we all don't have to feel the same way about the same things. And that is okay. And that's really the beauty. For example, I was diagnosed with ADHD maybe six years ago and I was uh, giving medication for it. And it was like the smallest of the doses, but I tried it for, I think a couple months, like three months. And I realized that it changed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it changed the reader that I was. I knew like my husband realized that I had an issue with it and that's how I went to a, a, a doctor to see what was happening. I knew it from before, but I never like put the mm-hmm. dots together. And it's a type of, um, it's not the active ADHD, but it's like more of a passive ADHD. And um, it, 
it changed the way I focused on things. Like I, when I was mm -hmm. uh, taking medication for it, I was able to focus on one thing and one thing alone. And right now, if you see, like if there was an app that tracked the way that I walk through my house, there's never a straight line, never, ever. Mm -hmm. And that's just what happens in my life entirely too. Um, and so I started taking medication and realized that I didn't like that person. And mm -hmm. I liked the person that I was without the medication that I had gotten to know that right. person for so long and that I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it wasn't for my personality. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have been able to achieve so many different things if I didn't have this brain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some, some days are, are harder than others. Some days I struggle with focusing in general. And some days I can get like a hundred things done, you know, <laughs> it's like, so, so, so different, but you just gotta, you know, know yourself, know what works for you. For me, medication didn't work. Um, it didn't really add any, it changed the way I, I worked and, and who knows, maybe I would take a whole different path in my life if I do follow my medication. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that find the medication that works for them, that right. works for them, and they do need the medication and um, it just helps them come to a, a level that helps them get through the days, you know? And so if right. that's you, that's also fine. Right. Just and get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Get to know you, yourself. There's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in taking medication. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in breaking the cycle within our own culture, within our own families too. Yeah. And and I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of YouTube. And, uh, you know, the internet, like we said, uh, is a blessing and a curse in some ways. But I think, you know, there's never in our lifetime has there been so much access to information. Mm -hmm. So if you do feel something is, is off, mm -hmm. look it up. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just seeing, I think what I love about YouTube is that it's allowed for people to have a platform to share their own personal experiences mm -hmm. and to um, say, Hey, you're not alone. Like this is, this is my experience. And mm -hmm. I think there's always someone that we can connect with. So Rita, how do you take care of your mental health? What are, what are some things that you do? But for me, family is a big one. So whenever I'm feeling down, I call my mom. Um, but, and what she gives me as an advice when I'm not feeling well, or she feels that she knows me. So she knows mm -hmm. that I'm not doing my best. She tells me to go for a hike, you know, nature mm -hmm. also always helps me and music always helps me. So family, um, nature and music are like my, my recipe. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What about you? What do you do? I travel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yes. um, no I, I, I do feel like my balance is going to Mexico, to be honest with you. And I think the older I get, the more I, I enjoy, um, you know, going over there. And I think it's just, I think it's just seeing the way that they live life over there. And I think yeah. also just in, anywhere in Latin America for our gente, like mm. just, just how they enjoy life. Like they actually pause yeah. and enjoy like a meal yeah. and enjoy like if, if there is a birthday, like things do stop. Obviously, yeah. obviously I can't stop from my work to be like, Hey, I'm going to go <laughs> to a party, but that's just the culture of how it is over there. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do enjoy going over there. Obviously I can't go over there all the time. Mm. So what I do for my own mental uh, wellness, to be honest with you, I, I do feel I, I do sense a difference when I have a good healthy breakfast. Mm. 
Mm. it really sets the pace for me. Really? It it does. Mm. um, You know, having a green smoothie in the morning really Mm. like allows me to believe uh, and I'm, and I know I am doing it, but it allows me to, to know that I'm taking care of my body. Mm. Right. And I think um, a lot of the times we don't take care of our bodies Mm. as we should. And I know during COVID, I definitely indulged in sweets and food. And, Mm. you know, right now I'm, I'm on now my kickstart to getting a bit to be more physically active. Mm. And I noticed too, when I go on my walk, like I I try to go for a walk for an hour, Mm -hmm. um, it takes the edge off of me too. So getting like some sort of physical movement in there. Um, and then once a month I do try to just leave my little town, right. Mm. Just try to go, whether it's going up to the Bay area or if I know during COVID, um, you know, I went to like the Sequoia National oh, nice. Park, which is, it is a little bit far, but honestly, I do feel like traveling and, yeah. and I think sometimes people have the misconception that you need to leave the country, yeah. but honestly, like what we have in our, even when, within California, we yeah. live in such a beautiful state go out there. Like, I think that was one of the things I was showing my family and friends pictures of my different uh, national parks that I visited during COVID. Then they were all so like excited. And I'm like thinking in my head, like there is this misconception that you have to have a lot of money to enjoy things. And I honestly think like, there's no shame in like packing a lunch. If you're going somewhere, like you just, you just make it happen, make it work with what you have. Yeah, so wherever you are, um, definitely nature, I recommend um, to just look up national parks around you. If you don't have a big national park around you, national parks are just like national treasures. They and really they, are. I don't think there has been one national park that has disappointed me. Um, so go to a national park. If you don't have a national park nearby, go to a national forest. You will find one, I bet you, a national preserve, a, a wildlife refugee um refuge you try to find a park or a grove or whatever that that you can find and go out there and enjoy nature a little bit right sometimes it puts things in perspective you know yeah and I think there's there's nothing like nature I've noticed Mm -hmm. that too that there's such beauty when you go out in nature and just Mm -hmm. pause from the noise and just be still and just go for a hike. And I am a true believer of being connected to like the elements, like I had mentioned, like being connected to the ground and the water and things like that. And definitely like, I know, I, maybe some people may, may not have ever had that experience, but definitely go out there, take off your shoes, get in the water um, and, and share with us. I want to hear with you from you. Like what, if you, if you've never done it and you do go out and do it, like, where did you go and how did you feel? Did you take off the shoes and run in the water? (laughs) Yes. I want to hear about it. Cuéntame, cuéntame, quiero saber. Um, So yeah, that was definitely a bit of our little breaks and enjoying life. Yeah. And and I hope, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people are traveling and and a lot of people travel for 4th of July. So let us know where you went, if you went somewhere or where you're planning to go. Um, because we do need to take that break for us. And we, even if it's just a 30 minute break, if, it, if you're not traveling, just take a 30 minute break and go out there, um, take some deep breaths and know that everything's going to be good. And every day, um, it's just an opportunity to, to see things from a different lens, but you're going to be okay. If you're not feeling well, take care of your mental health. It's very important. No job, no event, no commitment is more important than your own mental health. Yeah. And I think uh, definitely the biggest takeaway, right, on a on a national stage, international stage, probably from Naomi is is just it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like 
no is taking your power back. Yeah. So definitely it's, it's okay. Like we yeah. can say no. Uh, so shifting gears a bit uh-huh. back to the, the craziness of, of San Luis Obispo County and how Rita had been mentioning, these aren't just issues happening in our own backyard. You know, this is happening everywhere on a national level. It's happening in every state. The definitely the hot issue is redistricting. And yes. I know a lot of times we have maybe heard this about redistricting, but Rita, help us understand what exactly is redistricting? Like when when we hear redistricting, what does it mean? And in, in, in specifically in the context of for San Luis Obispo, in the context of the supervisor mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. So um, every wherever you are listening to this podcast from, redistricting is happening in your community because every ten years we have a census, which just counts, and this, the Constitution requires us to do a census. Um, every ten years we count the people in our communities, and that census uh, decides how our communities are going to be uh, drawn, like what kind of maps we're going to get. As a, I got, I gotta say, it's a pretty. Um, interesting process i don't even think we have that process in peru i don't remember redrawing lines for maps but after the census here in the u.s uh we just start drawing maps on what kind of representation we're going to get and for example this happens at different levels so wherever you are this is happening to you because we just finished the 2020 census so this year it's all about drawing those maps and that process is called redistricting and the name is a little bit um it's not the sexiest of the names you know (laughs) uh but it's happening at the national level with congressional seats are going to be changing some states are losing congressional seats some are winning some and it just depends on their population and in congress for example uh, we have certain amount of seats in Congress. And so the each seat, which the amount of seats doesn't change, um, each seat gets in the same amount of population that they need to represent, which means that now the maps of the districts for every congressional seat um, is going to change based on where the population is. And that's happening at the state level too. Right. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I think this is so important to to touch on this is mm-hmm. what Rita's talking about, which is the census. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely there was, a, there was so much um, uh, community coming together to push the census for Paso yeah. Robles, uh, North County area. I know Cambria was, was in San Simeon. We're definitely pushing the census. And it was interesting, Rita, uh, when we were asking people how they filled out their census, some people were telling me that they were, that they could not fill out the census, that they didn't qualify to fill out the census. Mm-hmm. And so I think before we, we go into redistricting, redistricting mm-hmm. issues, we have to talk about the census a little yes. bit, which is everyone can be part of the census. And it's so political, especially, um, with- or 2020 census with uh, the Donald Trump administration. So every 10 years we have a census and it's supposed to be a nationwide effort to have the most accurate count. But as you guys saw uh, with Trump and and the presidency, he made, and the Republican Party, they made a huge effort into scaring Latinos from participating in the census. Do you guys remember the citizenship question uh, controversy and whether it was going to be included or not? And it came out that some granddaughter of some 
uh, guy in the Republican Party that was a consultant and leader in the Republican Party had a plan of adding a citizenship question to the census to make sure that less Latinos participating in the census, which means that for California, a state with so many Latinos, mm-hmm. we would ha- we would have less amount of people counted than we should. And the census is about everyone it doesn't require uh, it, it didn't ask for any immigration status because the courts decided that that was unconstitutional but there was already a scare about mm-hmm. it and people were already scared about uh, what the census included and, and how it was going to affect them and the census is not just about counting people to know the type of representation that they deserve but it's also about money right you know how much money goes into each community is based on how many people are in that community and how many people are in the community is based on the census every 10 years. So it, there were a lot of repercussions. That's why there was so much effort to get people counted. Um, sadly, and and it, it's just a proof that things just fall by their own weight is that Republicans had a huge effort into getting people not counted, that some Republican states that should have gotten more like bigger counts didn't get those counts because right. they were themselves shooting themselves on the food by not uh, promoting the census the way that they should have. And so we did see some gains on some Republican congressional districts, but they, the gain could have been a lot higher if they had actually counted their people the way that they should have. So um it, it just happens in its politics sadly it, it shouldn't have been involved in the census and it should be it should not be involved in redistricting either but you know right and we only get one happen. shot to get it right yes. you know which is why you know even for anyone who's listening to us regardless of where you're at please get involved in the census please encourage folks to fill it out to get counted it's so crucial yeah, every it happens every 10 years and it ended last year mm-hmm. it actually ended earlier because of the trump administration <laughs> there was there was that, that needs to be another podcast yeah. topic um but there was just so much going on with the donald trump administration and it just comes to show that there is if someone just imagine if someone doesn't want you to get counted and someone is definitely definitely pushing an agenda to not have representation you have to ask yourself why right mm-hmm. like why is there why are they intentionally making sure that these numbers are not accurate, which yeah. now pushing pushing this forward mm-hmm. leads to the whole issue of redistricting, right? So yes. as we heard from Rita, you know, this this is now an, a hot topic, a hot issue in San Luis Obispo. And so now that the redistricting is a topic of discussion, which will happen for the supervisor lines, mm-hmm. uh, where are we at, Rita? Like what... Mm-hmm. What, what, what has been happening? Because I know there was a meeting yeah. uh, earlier this week. Yeah, so I, there, before we go into the county, so the redistricting is happening at so many different levels, which is, which is why it's everyone, it's like all hands on deck on it because it only happens every 10 years and the consequences. So in, in very simple way of explaining it is that we are going to be redrawing maps for congressional districts, for Senate, um, for assembly, state legislature districts, for county uh, districts, for some cities are going through redistricting, some school boards are going through redistricting. And so there are so many levels, and each of them have their own timeline, depending on where you live. And the, the importance of these, this redistricting process is that at the end of the year, 
we're going to have maps uh, drawn on how our communities look based on the new population from the census. We're going to get the census population a little bit late this year. It should have been, I believe, around April or June, and now we're getting it in September. So mm-hmm. we're late because mm-hmm. the census was late. Um, so we're going to be drawing, the, but still we're going to be drawing the maps at some point this year, depending on what level of redistricting we're talking about. Um, but the important part is that not just drawing the maps, but next year for the 2022 elections, the people running for those offices in those districts will be elected based on those maps. So I'm going to bring it down to, for example, our county of San Luis Obispo County, but this applies to your county as well. Our county uh, is divided in five districts. And they have certain shapes and certain communities are part of each one of those districts. And the goal is to divide the population of the entire county based on census data in five different parts, equal parts. And there's a 10% uh, deviation, you know, it could be like mm-hmm. from one from zero to 10% deviation on the population because you're not going to get it to like five equal parts depending right. on the neighborhoods, right? right? So. There's an acceptance of 10%, obviously, the least, the better, but um, they're going to, our county is going to get divided in five different parts. It's just the same Congress. Uh, the entire nation is going to get divided in 435 parts for each congressional district. But in our county, it's just five parts. And some communities are part of one district, some communities are part of the other. For example, right now, there's a huge controversy uh, starting in District Four which is a district south of our county. And that district includes um, cities like Arroyo Grande, but it also includes unincorporated areas like Oceano and Nipomo. And those are high uh, Latinx populations. Mm-hmm. We have high Latinx populations in, the, in that district. Um, and the rumor is that the incumbent supervisor, Lane Compton, which, whom we've talked about before before in this podcast, the rumor is that she wants to get rid of Oceano, one of the communities, and exchange it for the country club in San Luis Obispo, which is a, it's a country club. So there's a lot more people with a lot more money there. Right, right. And the assumption is that they will vote Republican or will help her uh, in her run for um re-election for district four yeah and i think if there's that change right the shape of the district would be different the the voters will be different and oceano would just be pushed into a different uh district and and you know depending on on how the districts are mapped um there could be gerrymandering which we've talked about we've heard about before and if a district is gerrymandered or a city is gerrymandered or whatever um it could be that certain population just never get the fair representation that they deserve. So redistricting is about fair representation. Right, and Rita, para los que lo mejor los que no sepan que es gerrymandering, what, what is gerrymandering? Yeah, so it, gerrymandering start, started with, I believe this guy's name was Jerry, I think the governor of some sort, um, of, of, of some place, but it, it gerrymandering means that uh, you manipulate the boundaries to favor one party or one one class, and it just started. It's 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 mandering because there was this one district that ended up looking like a salamander, and then they were calling it gerrymandering because it was the right. exercise of making a district just take a weird shape right. just to get the voters that you want in your district. 
And so the idea is that elected officials, that voters should be electing elected officials, mm-hmm. and that elected officials mm-hmm. should not be electing their own voters. Right. And I think that's that's a huge issue, right? When you are an elected official in power making decisions so that you can select your own constituents Mm -hmm. to obviously a preserve your position b preserve your agenda right Mm -hmm. that's that's a major problem right Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's the other thing if if you guys are not familiar with oceano nipomo uh you know that's that's a huge latinx community too right we Mm want to make sure that minorities are being represented that different social classes are being you know represented and Mm -hmm. i think this is uh you know it speaks on you know california as a whole that you know, even for San Luis Obispo County, that, you know, is, it does have some nice areas, like what we were talking about. There's also the working class, right, which mm-hmm. is people who are struggling to make yeah. ends meet people who who need to be represented to make sure that the right decisions are being made for their children, mm-hmm. that they have access to resources that they are genuinely being represented, authentically mm-hmm. being represented. And I think too, um, it comes down to making sure that we have leaders that are not in love with preserving their power but that yeah. are more in love and serving the communities at hand yeah and and actually there's some principles uh of redistricting that should be applied to every redistricting process um some of them are they have to be the districts have to be compact so no gerrymandering looking districts um uh, they have to be contiguous so you can't have a dr- district that you know it's like split or, or or very separate from each other from from itself um they have to be they have to respect communities of interest which means that if you have a community uh that shares for example i don't know that shares culture shares mm-hmm. um services that you just don't split it in two which is what the issue that we're seeing specifically yeah. right is yeah. that you know there would be a splitting yeah. of communities and the thing is that um i don't know if you guys have heard but hr1 which passed the house of representatives and it's stuck in the senate hr1 for the people act um included a a a uh, clause about redistricting and about making sure that at the national level in every single place in this country the concept of communities of interest were respected and by not passing it at the senate now we we do have this uh, concept of communities of interest now decided at the state level or at the local level so hr1 for the people act uh, didn't have the 65 votes that needed to pass the senate it had the democrats behind it uh, but republicans it included other things other than just redistricting and protections it included vo- uh, voting um clauses to be applied across the nation, for example, making sure that we had early voting, making sure that mm-hmm. we had same day registration, which we do have in California, but other states don't have, we don't have um, early voting. It's up to every county or county voted to get rid of early voting. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah. So HR one for the people act also try to remove dark money out of politics and so all of these things were just not things that uh, the republicans like so there was absolutely no republican supporting hr1 and even though 65 percent of americans supported hr1 mm-hmm. it didn't get the support of the republican party um 
And so that has been shut down right now. There's a possibility that another HR1 um, bill gets uh, pushed through the Senate and the House, but we'll see how much support that has. Doesn't seem like Republicans are willing to cooperate. Um, and guess why? Guess why they didn't want to cooperate? Because they don't <laughs> want to count you in the census. They don't want to. They don't want your. They don't want you to have fair representation in the redistricting process. I mean, it's obvious, and they want dark money to be included in politics, which, by the way, or county approved um, or county supervisor approved their own uh, raise of campaign contribution limit from 5000 to 25000 Which is wild. Mm -hmm. It is wild. There's been yeah. so much happening with our supervisors yeah. that this is why it's so crucial yeah, that you so have to participate. Yeah. So this is the context, right? We have indoor county, now bringing it back to our county. We have a county supervisor. We have five districts in our county. Each one of them has a supervisor. We have five supervisors. Three of them are Republican. Two of them are Democrats. And it's all about politics at this point, because the three supervisors that are Republicans voted in favor to raise in their own campaign contribution limit in November from $5,000 to $25,000. You know, you add more money to politics, because what? You're going to add more corruption, more dark money, more possibilities of, you know, external interests. Who has right. $25,000 to donate to a candidate, you know? Someone with a very people. clear agenda that exactly. wants it to be preserved. Exactly. So not, the, not regular Joe, right? So um, they they did that in November. Months later this year, they voted for the most restrictive voting model. So they got rid of early voting. They wanted to get rid of voting centers. They wanted to add uh, voting voter ID. Uh, so very restrictive voting uh, model. And then in that same meeting, they allowed the clerk recorder to be insulted and racially attacked, you know, um, and that, that became national news. That was just this like a couple months ago. And right. then that clerk recorder who runs our elections quit and left for another right. another county. He's yeah. gone now. Check out our first uh, Chicas Politicas podcast yes. for the recap. <laughs> yes. And we talked about that in our first episode. And then after that, just last week, while you were gone, you said, yeah. <laughs> The supervisors came together again and surprise, surprise, three to two, they voted to not um, promote the current deputy clerk recorder, Helen Nolan, and just give her the job that she pretty much has been doing. Which would be uh, what would be the most um, acceptable transition. Yes. Like if you wanted yes. an easy way, like, yeah. you yeah. know, what is like, the perfect transition? cost-effective. She has been nonpartisan. She knows the job. Um, just let her do it. Right. You know? Like they, she's already doing it. Let her do it until the elections, until we can vote for a new clerk recorder. Right. Well, the two Democrats voted to do that, but the three Republicans voted to not do that. Instead, they want to open it up to whoever, literally whoever wants to run for clerk recorder. So oh, Democrats geez. saw that and said, okay, let's at least set some minimum minimum requirements, you know, that they have experience in the job and that they are nonpartisan. Which is not too much to ask for. I, it, it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't be too much to ask for. But our county supervisors, the three Republicans here, decided to no. They said, they said no, that's too much. Why, and that's why Debbie Arnold, John Pashon. And Lynn Compton. Lynn Compton. Lynn Compton, who is going to be up for re-election in 2022, along with the two Democrats. And 
So, so just picture this. They raised their campaign contribution limit. They decided to go with the most restrictive voting model. They choose now, they're going to choose their own um, election official. So who runs their elections? Right. And that person is going to decide how the elections are run for the uh, re-election of Lynn Compton. Right. So they're setting, they're setting who, who, who sets the rules they're setting right. what the rules are in some way by voting for the most restrictive voting model and they're setting how much money is going to be involved um and so not a shocker one of the the people that are interested in running for this position is link compton's ex-lawyer so link compton is up for election in 2022 she ran in 2018 and won by 60 votes to Jimmy Paulding, the Democrat running in 2018. 60 votes. Okay, 60. guys, 60, yeah. which isn't a lot no. when you think about it. You know, 60 people. Yes. Yeah. The, just think those 60 people didn't vote. And so they, um, she won the elections. Her lawyer in the elections um, is one of the candidates to be county clerk recorder so it's it's going to be if, if the that's setting the schedule for the election setting where the the polling locations are going to be you know if that's not a conflict of interest uh-huh. then i i mean how much clearer do we need to see it yeah. for folks to understand that yeah. there's definitely an agenda being pushed yeah and there's 60 votes that made the difference in 2018 so if you're seeing it from their perspective there's a there's a good chance that she gets voted out. And based on all the decisions Definitely. that she has been made and how uh, tired the communities have heard, she could be voted out. So how, how can she change this? How can they change the outcome of the elections? Well, right. they said how much money their campaigns can take, what kind of voting model we're going to have, who runs the elections. And now to top it all with the cherry on top is what the maps will look like, who gets to vote on it. Right. So they were not happy with all the other bad decisions they made, but they are now going to decide who votes for each one of them, and especially Lynn Compton in 2022. So if we are able to get rid of Lynn Compton, if, if her district votes her out and votes Jimmy Polden in, who's running again for um, that seat, then the board would be at three Democrats and two Republicans, meaning that District 3, who has a Democrat right now, Don Ortiz-Leck, representing and District 2, Bruce Gibson, would would for like finally get their voices right. with the majority and be policy and be, you know, uh, the decision maker. But um, they're not going to let that happen. So they're they're going to they're going to tell us who they want their voters to be. They're going to tell us what kind of voting model we're going to have. They already told us that and, and how much money they can receive. Which is why we have to be so organized. Right. And to understand that if 60 votes is really what made the difference. We have to really show up and make sure that folks are registered to vote, that you know when you need to vote. Mm -hmm. And because there's no early voting Mm -hmm. in our county, that you need to show up for the primaries, Mm -hmm. right? So there's just so many things that we need to be on top of because I I do believe we we can take you know, Lynn Compton seat out. I really do feel like that, that, that is a reality, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously there, there's some hurdles in the forefront, <laughs> but I do feel like there is power in numbers and there's yeah. definitely power when people show up to vote. Yeah. Cause it all comes down to voter turnout. It Absolutely. all comes down to voter turnout. And, 
what a lot of people don't know is that the 2022 elections, we have two elections, it, it, wherever you are, you're going to have a primary and you're going to have a general election. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't know is that, uh, for example, in our county, and you should check out your county if you don't live in San Francisco County, most of the county seats are decided in the primary elections. And that's going to be June of 2022. They're not going to make it to the November ballot. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get rid of Lynn Compton, I'm voting next November, she's not going to be in the ballot because those seats are going to get decided most likely in in the June primary elections. And other people don't know that there are elections coming up. You know, we just had primary elections in 2020. And, um, People just didn't come out to vote. They just mm-hmm. didn't know, even though there was a big turnout uh, in the November elections, in the March elections, it was not the same. And people just didn't didn't come out to vote. And uh, Republicans do come out to voting every single election, including primaries and special elections. This year, we have a special election, September 14. We're going to be deciding whether we recall the governor or not. Uh, you're going to get a ballot by August 16. So I'm going to be voting no in the recall because I don't want any improvised candidate to win. I right. want my governor to stay the same. And if people want to vote him out, they have that opportunity in the next the next year. Uh, but that got approved. And so now right, there's going right. to be a, spell, a special election. We need to come out to vote to that. Right. And, and we I, have a primaries next I, year. I, especially as I think that was such a Republican thing to have done, right, is to recall the governor. And, you know, the thing is, you I have friends who are Democrats that are they're not fans of Gavin. Mm-hmm. I get that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that we have to really come together as Democrats and mm-hmm. really show up in numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't take this lightly. Also, mm-hmm. don't get comfortable and assume that everything is going to be fine yeah. and that the recall is not going to happen. Yeah. I think that is a silly move to assume. And so that's what they're banking up. on, right? They're banking on Democrats not coming out to vote in special elections. That's why they're, they push for a recall because they know that they will never win in a general elections. Like California will not vote for a Republican in a general election, but in a special elections... Maybe right. you can get it. Right, yeah. right. So, Sorita, um, what needs to happen right now with the redistricting? I know we still have yeah. some time, right? Yeah. There still is some time. Yeah. Um, but what what can we do to to make sure that we're staying on top of this? What it, What are the next steps? Yeah, so wherever you are, like we mentioned, there's redistricting uh, process happening. There are different timelines depending on what layer of redistricting you're thinking about. Um, there are public, there's public input in all of them. So you should have an opportunity to give your input on your community and what you want your community to look like from here till, uh, December of this year, I believe. But the problem is that every single step in this process builds on the previous one. Exactly. So that's why you need to get involved early. Um, right now we are not going to get data, Right now, there's going to be preliminary maps, preliminary uh, public input on what you want your community to look like. You can even uh, submit your own maps. You can even draw it in a piece of paper and submit it. And it has to be recorded as public record. You can send an email. You can make a call. Um, They will have to take it as public record. 
but um, from here till September, we're not going to get the full redistrict, the full census data. So when that happens, there's going to be a one month wait till October mm-hmm. until we can, until the counties, cities, the schools, the congressional mm-hmm. seats, state legislature can draw maps. And once those first preliminary maps are drawn, then that's going to be a good snapshot of what your district looks like. And most times, um, uh, you know, people that know about demographics and then that know how to make maps are going to be building those professional maps for your jurisdiction. And so you just have to pay attention to make sure that they're not looking gerrymandered, that you, your community mm-hmm. was not split. Um, but you can give that public input ahead of those maps. And once those maps come out, then you can give more specific input about those maps. And there's probably, depending on what jurisdiction you're looking into and you're interested in, in following, um, you will probably get one or two or three versions. In the county, I think there's going to be three versions of mapping. The problem is... <laughs> Here's the problem, guys. Pay attention. The problem is that the people that approve the maps, for example, in the county, the final approval is going to be the county supervisors. So we have a three to two majority of Republicans. They have already not been making the right decisions in the past. We have right. seen you know, hundreds of calls telling the Republican supervisors to do the right thing. For example, mm-hmm. campaign contribution limit hundreds of calls and they ignore them completely and they voted the way they wanted to go. Right. So yes, get involved, but make sure that you ha- set your expectations to know that most likely they will vote the, the way that they want to vote, which means that elections have consequences. Mm-hmm. The 2020 elections have consequences. We weren't able to flip the board in 2020, meaning the representation that we have currently in our board is going to make decisions that will impact us for decades, you know? Absolutely. And once again, this is why it's like, it's, it's, it's not enough to say, okay, the election of the supervisors, it's like literally going back to the census, right. Yeah. And knowing that we're going to be stuck with these decisions yeah. for a while. Yeah. And the fact that here is an opportunity supervisors, not, not only do we have to look into city council or who's going to be the next president yeah. or congressman or congresswoman, but we have to really be mindful that, you know, a lot of the times people say, oh, well, I don't vote because because mm-hmm. I don't see change happening. Mm-hmm. I don't see the president caring about my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me remind you, like, the, the of course, the president is not going to be in your neighborhood, but your supervisor could, yeah. especially city council will, yeah. right? Which is why we invite all of you, regardless of where you're listening from, go check out, go, go Google, see yeah. who is your supervisor in your county? How is your county broken up into what are the issues at hand that are happening in your, in your own county? Mm-hmm. What, how are budgets being spent, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and hold accountability. And that's a really good point. I was talking to someone the other day and um, I was helping register voters and um, I asked him, how do you register to vote to someone that was walking by? And he was like, no, I don't vote, but I pay my taxes. And I was like, well, what if you had the opportunity to vote on how your taxes are being spent? Mm-hmm. Because it comes to down to that, right? A lot of people say, well, I don't vote, but I, I am a citizen. You know, I do right. all the citizen things. But w- voting really is um, just having more decision, more power in the process on how and what kind of decisions, you know, your elected officials are making. And, and like you said, you say, you have to keep them accountable. You can't just say, well, you know, voting passed and I'm going to wait for the next time. Just right. we, Even with this Republican majority, we still have to keep them accountable. So 
just um, stay in contact with our podcast. We'll be sharing a call to action from groups that are organizing around redistricting, but also just go to the Slow County website and say Slow County Redistricting and you'll find the website for um, redistricting. That's another thing. We can keep the, our government accountable by giving us better information, better websites, better right. links, better ways to interact with them, better ways to give our public input. Um, and this is happening probably where you live, wherever you are. So not the sexiest of the topics, but I hope we, <laughs> we have been able to tell you a little bit of the importance of redistricting and the census. And so in 10 right. years from now, I can tell you right now that from people that were following the census and redistricting process 10 years ago, they didn't know redistrict, what redistricting was the way they, mm-hmm. don't, they do now. They didn't see as many people involved in redistricting the way they do now. Right. So we are getting better at this, but just not at the pace that we need to get the fair representation that we deserve. So Rita, who would be La Soraya or El Surayo? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think... You guys should be able to see Rita right now. She's, she put her hand <laughs> up in the air. It's very like telenovela dramatic. It's but just, it is, but it's, what's crazy is like, this is so telenovela worthy. Like everything is, that's been happening is, in our county. Like yeah. sometimes I'm like, you cannot write this ish up. Yeah. Like it writes itself. It, like it's it just so does. like there's there's this plot twist all the time yeah. and just when you think like it cannot get worse, it gets worse or just or just when people have just no shame no tact they're yeah. just showing just there's the, the audacity is not an ultimate the high audacity so who would be la soraya el sorayo and is there more than one <laughs> i think there's more than one i'm gonna go with one first um i think it's lane compton again again she oh two, i think she's yeah right two episodes in a row La Sora, yeah. let's see how how many she can get in a row but she actually in, in one of these supervisor meetings where they were deciding the processing which they would choose in next uh-huh. quarter the next election official um she pretty much said uh that she didn't know who helen nolan was who the clerk the deputy clerk recorder was um based on reporting that i've seen out there um which what you don't know who works there? You don't know who <laughs> is doing the job right now? The job that your lawyer wants to take? Like, what? <laughs> and heard, and actually, uh, this lawyer went into a radio show and he oh, he confirmed geez. that he has talked to Lynn Compton about running for this. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I've talked to her as my supervisor, you know, I run, I've talked to her about it. But it's like, dude, we know you're talking. Yeah, because, no, you, you're your client. Yeah. Right? Like someone's paying your yeah. your, your money like, here. Oh, no, anyone can pay me. I used to be a Democrat and all that. And it's like, oh, dude, we want a nonpartisan person. And right. you're, you're not, this is not you. Like, just sit down. Freaking right. sit down. Take but Link Compton is like <laughs> encouraging or, or something. I don't know. But I would imagine that she would not be mad if her lawyer got elected. Um, and they have the votes for it. So I think Lynn Compton is definitely La Soraya again. She just doesn't oh care goodness. about what people think. So. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so that was La Soraya. So is there another one? Do you think there's another one? 
I would say El Sorayo would have to be Donald Trump because oh now, I mean, this is why he really screwed us this up. is this is why this man was just so dangerous, right? Mm. Something like the census. And it was very clear there was an attack on the census. Like yes. It was very clear he did not want to have specific uh, groups counted. Mm-hmm. And now look at the repercussions that we're mm-hmm. seeing, right? Look at the consequences that even though he's no longer president, mm-hmm. right? Look at look at the ripple that it's come thus far and it will be impacting us in the next yeah. 10 years. So yeah. definitely El Sorayo, uh, El, El Pelos del Lote, <laughs> as we like to call him, El Cheeto Face, um, you know, definitely this is why it's so crucial to show up and, and vote yeah. and make sure that you're canvassing for the right candidates, which yeah. is is going to be happening pretty soon. And, and some people have already yeah. started their race. So, yeah. And if you're a Trump supporter listening to this this podcast not for you i'm sorry at the, the exit doors on your right you can just stop following thank you very much thank you very much and so andale echale y apurate andale you have to be yeah. vigilant you have Come to on, be people. participating if you don't know what's going on ask one of your friends that is yeah. politically involved we all have that one amiga we right? all have it we yeah. all have it it's, a it's lot amigo. of times ends up being me for a lot of my circles they're like Rita how do I get involved I'll tell you I'll tell you I'll connect you I get calls and texts all the time from friends that I work with and different things and they're like Rita, I'm tired of this one thing. How do I get involved? I'll connect you. I swear I'll connect you with people that can help you get to work. Yes. Echale. Echale ganas. Like, for real. Like, we need to have people running for office, right? Running for office does not happen overnight. Definitely take a look at it. Um, Apurate. There's a huge recall election coming up in September 14th. It's super crucial that people do show up and make sure that you get the word out that it will be a mail-in ballot. Make sure you fill it out. Make sure you turn it in. um, And do not make assumptions. This is not, we cannot assume that this recall will not happen at the rate that things have been unfolding uh, and the dedication of the Republican folks. Uh, you have to really be uh, involved in reminding yeah. people. Daita tu tia, a tu tío, tu prima, you know, tu abuelita. Make yeah, sure that you're I, letting people know. I do want to remind people, you know, when I was in Connecticut, I was talking to my relatives and we're talking about immigration, just how much easier life is when you have your documents, when, you know, you speak English and the different types of privilege that you get from from having documents and also knowing how to speak English and knowing the right people. And actually, one of my uncles said, hey, I heard that my aunt, I think, said when I heard that California gave like a special help to undocumented immigrants. Right. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Guess why that happened? It's because we have a a blue legislature and a blue uh, governor. The recall is not just about COVID restrictions. It's just right. not about mask up. It's just not about whether the governor was at an event wearing a mask or not. It's not about the, the small things like that. It's mm-hmm. about immigration uh, rights in California. It's about housing in California. It's about climate action in California. So right. the, if you want to be like Texas and Florida, like many people do, go for it and support the recall. But if you don't and you actually want to protect women's rights, voting rights, housing immigration climate action if you support all of that right let's just you know let's just vote no make sure that like you said you say everyone's gonna get a ballot in their mail just say no forget about it it's just two questions first one say no you don't have to answer the second one send it back in 
And let's just make sure that the governor continues uh, his term until next year. And if you want to vote for someone else next year, do that. But yeah. just don't vote yes for an improvised candidate to take over and, and take us to hell. Right. And I think, uh, you know, with, with Gavin, there was so much criticism, but I think the the restrictions on COVID, we had to take it even further, take mm -hmm. it more seriously, because we are one of the leading economies in the world, right? So we mm -hmm. couldn't let that happen. So definitely huge thank you to everyone that is listening to us. Let us know where you're listening from and let us know what's going on in your own backyard. Cuéntanos, queremos saber de ti, quién eres, de dónde estás escuchando, cuáles son los detalles que están pasando en tu comunidad. And most importantly, thank you so much, guys. You know, Chicas Políticas is, is something that I know Rita and myself are passionate about. And we know that there are other issues happening out there. So we want to make sure that you feel like, okay, if you, if you wanting to organize in your own community or wanting to create change, uh, maybe you don't know how, maybe you just don't know how to get started. Uh, definitely reach out to us. You can reach us at chicas politicas podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Are we on Twitter, Rita? Not yet. Not, not yet. yet, but we will be on Twitter. And how can people listen to previous uh, episodes? They can go to Spotify and just find all of our episodes there. And they can go to um, Apple Podcasts and find our episodes there. I believe we're in Google Podcasts as well. Uh, but yeah, you just listen to, to our podcast um, through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And um, follow us. That way you get a notification next time that we launch a new episode. Um, I don't think we're going on vacations for some time. No, we're ready. Yet. We're ready to come back. Ooh, we so. are fully charged. Yeah. Listas yeah. y puestas. <laughs> más que un calcetín. <laughs> And um, vamos yeah. a estarle echándole ganas. Ándale, yeah. échale y apúrate. Yeah. And if you find, we are planning on putting flyers about our podcast all over the county. Yes. Be prepared. If you, see, if you see a picture of our podcast in a business near you, take a picture, send it over on Instagram. We'd love to see them. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, wherever you are, get involved because your community needs you. If you're a Latina, if you're a chica, if you're a woman in politics, uh, a trans woman, a trans woman, you we're sending you the best vibes and you're not alone. And just, you know, go for it. Go for that leadership position. Go for that running for office. Um, you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Thank you so much. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye.